Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Crush Hail Academy podcast. I'm your host, Bob Argyle. And in today's episode, after a brief update on my recent trip down to Orlando, Florida for the Dent Smart Owners Meeting, we're going to tackle a topic that, quite frankly, I've been procrastinating on for quite some time because it's not an easy topic. So I wanted to make sure that when I did finally talk about this on this podcast, that it was coming from a real place, that it wasn't bullshit. (laughs) So today's episode is entitled, If You Really Want to Live, You Must First Learn to Forgive. And we're going to talk about the power of forgiveness, not just of others, but of ourselves. So we have a great episode today. Sit back and relax, and welcome to the Crush Hail Academy podcast. Welcome to the Crush Hail Academy podcast. Happy Saturday, by the way. So this weekend, uh, got kind of a cool thing I'm doing today. I'm going out. Um, we have a football game down in my hometown of Cortland, New York. Um, actually, it's a rivalry. They call it the biggest little rivalry in the country, and it's between my hometown Division Three college football team, Cortland State. And a college, private college, just over the hill called Ithaca College, over near, for many of you, you probably heard of Cornell. Um, I'm not sure if you've heard of Ithaca College, but Ithaca College is a really good school, um, private college, very expensive. But they have this rivalry, and it's called the Cortica Jug Game, and they have it every year. And the funny thing is, like, it's D3, right? So all their other games throughout the season, it's very hard for them to put butts in seats. However, this game, this Cortica game, it's, it's a big deal for the whole town, and it sells out every year. And this year, believe it or not, they're actually having the game at MetLife Stadium. So they aren't even playing the game in one of the home stadiums. They've moved it down to New York City or New Jersey, probably New Jersey, to the MetLife Stadium down there where the Jets and Giants play. That's how big a deal it is. So I got a buddy every year that lives about two blocks from the stadium, and he puts on this huge spread, tons of food, beer, um, everybody just hangs out out in, the, in his uh, driveway and uh, freeze our tails off and listen to the game on the radio. That's usually what we do. So uh, going down there today, that should be a good time. And then tonight I got a birthday party for a friend that I'm going to stop in and, uh, and visit with him a little bit at a restaurant down there. So that should be fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I wanted to bring everybody up to speed real quick on my DentSmart meeting, the owner's meeting down in Orlando, Florida. I just got back from that a couple weeks ago, and it was a really good meeting. And last year, we sat in that same boardroom, and all of the franchise owners got together, and corporate asked us, you know, what can we do to make your job easier? And man, we asked for a ton of stuff. We really did. There were systems that we needed, processes that we needed to um, kind of re revamp, um, support in certain areas that we felt we weren't getting so we asked for more support um, with marketing and and a lot of things like that and to corporate's credit they took this all back and um, and they delivered I mean throughout this year they've rolled out some programs for us that made things a lot easier on us as owners and uh, you know 
it was also cool to sit around and have dinner and Saturday, we had the meetings Thursday and Friday and then Saturday was um, just kind of a down day. So we sat by the pool all day and hung out and had some fun and had some drinks and uh, it was a good time. So, but we came back and we had a follow-up conference call because we couldn't get through everything at, in, those, in those two days. So um, in the conference call at the end, um, they opened it up for all the owners to kind of give their feedback. And I took a minute to address the owners and corporate. And pretty much my perspective on this is we asked and they delivered. And with everything that they've put in front of us, the tools and the systems that they have now given us, it's made our job so much easier. And it's going to make things so much easier on our body shop partners as well. So I'm super excited to be able to start rolling these programs out to our clients. But the point I was making in the conference call was, we asked, they delivered, right? So now it's on us to master all these programs so that when I am out and I'm visiting with a new shop or an existing shop, I can explain to them exactly what these changes mean for them and how they're going to affect their business in the days and months following a hail event in their community. So it's on me now. I've got a ton of homework because I got to make sure that I understand all these programs that I asked for as a franchise owner. So I've got a lot of work to do in the next couple months. And it's it's kind of an exciting time for us right now. Just hired our next technician. Um, his name is Joel, and he's from the Oneana, New York area. And he's a really, really, really nice guy. And funny story about Joel. He had reached out to me a um, little over a year ago. And he was interested in a job. And I can only train a new technician in my off season. I just don't have the time to do it during hail season. So what I had told him was, look, uh, you kind of missed the deadline. <laughs> Hate to tell you, but keep in contact with me over the next year. And, um, you know, when, when I open things back up and I start training again in my next off season, um, if it's still a fit for you and it's still a fit for me, then we'll bring you on. And to his credit, he kept in touch. Um, he reached out every couple months and just let me know that he was there and he was still excited for the opportunity and he still wanted to be a part of the team. Um, he listened to my podcasts, um, which was kind of cool. I thought that was really cool. So he's been learning about the business. Um, he's done his work on his own end without any prompting from me. Um, he's even started to buy some tools and stuff like that. So it was nice last week. I was finally able to meet him. We had lunch up in Johnstown, New York, and um, and uh, had a chance to kind of get to know each other a little bit. And I'm looking forward to bringing him on. I think he's going to be a great addition to this, this company. I really do. Um, so we've got that going on. Um, we've got our, Dent, our DentSmart Technician Banquet coming up in February, which is always fun. And that's basically for the techs. We have our owners meeting in Orlando or Vegas every year um, in October. And that's all about the owners pretty much um, where we are being brought up to speed about all the changes in the company and, and kind of the direction that we're going for the next year. However, the technician banquet, it's all about the tax. So we get in early and we do have our owners meeting um, the day prior, but then Saturday rolls around and all the techs come in from all over the country. They bring their families and it's, it's a really cool event. Ron Witten, the founder of the company, gets up and talks and, and kind of updates the techs on where the company's going. 
and gives the technicians an opportunity to kind of voice their opinions and ask their questions. So we open it's it's really all about them. And then we shut it down and we do like a silent auction. We bring in all sorts of tool companies and whatnot, and we have a really really fun evening. Um, we do a big cornhole tournament, and um, it's just it's kind of a fun time for us. And um, really in February, it's just before the next hail season kicks off, so everybody's a little giddy about that. Um, what else do we got going on? Our marketing season is just kicking off, um, which is my favorite time of year. So in addition to everything else going on, uh, Chris Lesher is my marketing rep. We have corporate marketing reps that travel the country and introduce the Dent Smart brand to body shops all over the place. And my corporate rep is Chris Lesher. He's a guy that I've known forever. He's a really, really good dude. I've worked with him in other businesses um, we had our service contract business for years, and that's when I met Chris. Um, he he offers service contract products to dealerships down in Pennsylvania, and he actually carried our program, the Dent Defender. So I've known Chris for a long time, and uh, Chris came on with us after we shut the Dent Defender down. He came on with us as a marketing rep, and um, he was actually just up in Lake Placid, Saranac Lake, Plattsburgh, Glens Falls, Queensbury, uh, Malone, uh, just this past week. And again, um, introducing us to new body shops and re-upping uh, contracts, you know, agreements with, with these body shops. Uh, every two years we have to go in and we have to renew them. So he's taking care of some business up there for us. So it's nice. Marketing season is officially off and running. Uh, Ron Witten's coming in December 2nd, so that'll be cool. We've got a couple days of uh, very important meetings with Ron. Um, so looking forward to that. So I got a lot of preparation for that um, business plan for 2020 that he's going to want to see. So a lot going on. Very exciting time to be a part of the Dent Smart family. Um, this is my favorite time of year. It really is. I love hail season, but this time of year, the holidays are coming. Things tend to slow down a little bit and I really get an opportunity to kind of just exhale <laughs> and review the, the, the past season and begin to plan for the upcoming season. So I really enjoy that. But anyways, so this week I wanted to talk about an experience I had this past week and um, it kind of just played into the topic of forgiveness. And this topic, like I said in the beginning, um, is one that I've been kind of procrastinating on for a while. I have a list that I keep of just topics for my podcasts and um, this has been on the list for a long time, and I, I just kind of overlook it because I, I haven't necessarily been in the best headspace to talk about that. I told myself, when the time is right, um, I'll know it, and I'll talk about it then. So I haven't really been overthinking things on it. So it's just been there because this is a process. It's not an easy topic for me to discuss because I've gone through the entire process um, from being at a point where I was just very angry and bitter and mad at everybody and angry about my life and kind of playing that victim role um, to where I am today, where I've been able to work through some of this stuff. And, um, you know, I have a much better outlook on life these days, uh, much more optimistic. And um, the experience that I had last week that really told me that I was ready to finally talk about this was um, with Dylan. Now, this week, this weekend actually, today, um, their mother's getting remarried. And it's a big weekend for them. 
and they're down in the Adirondacks, and um, they have a you know a great weekend planned, and so it's an exciting time for them right now. So earlier this week, I get a call from their mom, and she's like, "Look, I wanted to get their hair done for this weekend. I wanted to get Bobby's hair cut, and Dylan, I wanted to get her hair done." Um, I was only able to get Bobby's done today. So when they're with you this week, would you be willing to take her to get her hair done? I was like, yeah, whatever, you know, not a problem. Happy to help. And honestly, it's Dylan. I do whatever she asked me to do <laughs> anyway. So obviously it was going to happen. So um, one night after school, uh, I sat at Supercuts and Dylan's getting her hair done. And I'm just sitting there thinking about, I don't know, just how crazy the past few years have been. And how far I've come emotionally from that point, which honestly, looking back, was definitely the lowest point of my life. It really was. Uh, you know, I was living a pretty self-destructive lifestyle um, back then, and I was angry and mad at everybody and uh, just had a vicious, vicious uh, divorce with my ex-wife. Um, a lot of anger, a lot of uh Screaming matches, a lot of nasty texts back and forth to each other. Um, it just it wasn't it wasn't a good experience for either one of us, right? And um, so I sat there and I was just like, wow, you know, to know that I I came from where I was to where I am now today, where I've worked through a lot of this stuff, and I'm actually sitting here <laughs> at Supercuts, getting my daughter's hair done for her mother's wedding this weekend, it just kind of struck me as odd. And I was like, wow, I really, I guess I really have come a long way <laughs> that I can actually sit here right now and contribute to this, this weekend for her mother. So I'm sitting there and, and pondering and it dawned on me all of a sudden, I was like, oh my God, I need to get Dylan and Bobby need to get their mother a gift. I mean, it's kind of a big deal for their mom and I'm their dad and it's kind of on me to make sure that they get her a gift. And uh, it just hadn't occurred to me. So we get done with Dylan's appointment and we go over to Hobby Lobby. And I say to Dylan, I say, look, this is, um, this is your opportunity to really show your mother what she means to you. And this is a big weekend for your mother. And this is on you. Okay. Um, I brought you here, but it's on you now to kind of, um, you know, put your phone in your pocket and tell your friends, you'll talk to them later. This is all about your mother right now. This is your opportunity to honor your mother for moving on in life for a huge event this weekend. So put some thought into it. So we got this big, massive gift box. And um, she took the gift box around Hobby Lobby. We spent about an hour there. And she picked out a bunch of gifts for her mother. And then we took it home, um, signed the card, dressed it up, put a bow on it, whatever. And as I uh, dropped them off to school the other day, I stopped by her mom's house and I left it in the garage. But it was it was just a gesture, right? And the fact that I was able to be there, I mean, that was a point that I think my daughter was looking at me to lead. Um, she was following my lead. And if I had not brought that up, probably she probably we probably would have missed that opportunity, right? We would have missed that opportunity for her to do something really nice for her mother. And also for Dylan to see that it's okay. Like, things are good. Um, our kids were witness to a pretty nasty divorce. And I think now they see a much better relationship between me and their mother than they ever have. 
and um, just the fact that I was able to uh, show up in that moment for my kids and their mother, um, you know, I just feel good about the work that I put in to do that. I didn't want to remain angry and bitter the rest of my life, you know? I didn't want to carry these same trends and habits into my next relationship. I didn't want to do that. So it was a conscious decision that I had to make to, to get my shit together, honestly. You know, that divorce served as a huge wake-up call for me, that I had to make some serious changes in my life. Now, do I wish it didn't happen? Yeah, because I think if I'm being honest, I worry about the effects that the divorce is going to have on my kids down the road. So I don't make light of the situation. Um, it happened, um, and I had to make the best of it, and I had to make some changes in my life, and it did lead me down this path, but um, I don't make light of the situation that it's divorce is still divorce, and it's tough for kids. It's really tough for kids. So I think it's on us now to um, drop our shit as best we can and co-parent and be there for our kids. It's all about the kids at this point. But the reason that I can sit here today and I can even talk about this from this perspective, really, is because of the, this, the work that I've done over the past three years. And it all started with me forgiving myself. I see that now. Because I held on to a lot of anger towards my ex and towards her fiance, um, well, husband now, today. So there was a lot of bitterness and anger, anger there that I had to work through. And I was never going to work through that until I forgave myself for the mistakes that I had made in that marriage. It, I realized that. So some of the things that had happened was um, 2015, I came to Christ. Um, also about that time, I started therapy. And I entered Warrior because I had some issues that I had to work through. And I started tackling some pretty heavy issues. And it all started to lead me kind of down this path of forgiveness of others and of myself. And I began confronting the anger and the blame and the guilt and the shame, all in an effort to ultimately release it and be free from it and to move on clear. Because I realized that it was holding me back. And until I could deal with those feelings, I was just going to be stuck in life, in my business, in my relationships, in everything. I was going to be stuck. So if you've been along for the ride on this podcast from the beginning, uh, much of you know um, uh, you know, my mother's death and how that affected me, right? And really with her, with that whole situation, um, I needed to forgive myself. I realized that's the first time I think I realized that forgiveness started with forgiving myself. And as far as my mother was concerned, there was a lot of guilt that I had there, um, kind of revolving around the events of that day and how everything played out. And it took me a while to realize that I had all this, I was I was ashamed and I had to let myself off the hook and I had to become at peace with the events of that day and I had to let that go. And once I was able to forgive myself, I was able to start kind of turning my life around, right? I don't know if I've told anybody this story, but a um, perfect example of how powerful these feelings are 
and how they can control your life is my mom's side of the family. I was always very close with them. Um, spent my summers up at the family camp on the St. Lawrence River. Um, my grandmother was the matriarch of the family. Um, Christmas parties, um, family reunions. Uh, we would always go over. My mom always made it a point that um, for us to go over and visit my grandmother. New Year's Eve, uh, growing up, we'd get dropped off over there and I'd spend New Year's Eve with my sister and my grandma and my grandpa Ken when my parents would go out for the night. Um, so we always had a good relationship with them. My uncles, my mom's brothers, um, they were larger than life to me growing up. I mean, I idolized them. And once my mother passed away, much in the same way that I felt guilty about letting my dad and my sister down um, because I didn't get up and get in the car that day with my mother. Um, I see now that I, I had that same outlook towards my mom's family. So what I did was I isolated myself from everybody. I didn't go and I didn't see my family anymore on that side. And I missed a lot of good years with my grandmother and with my family. And once I started working through these feelings, um, I was slowly over time, I began to restore that relationship with my grandmother. And I began to restore that relationship with my family. I've had a lot of good years with them recently. I've begun going on uh, summer vacations with them down to the Outer Banks. Um, I've, I've grown close to some of them again. I really have. And I was able to restore that relationship with my grandmother, God rest her soul, who passed away a little over a year ago. And if I wasn't able to restore that relationship, I, I don't know. I don't know where I would be or how I'd even be dealing with that right now because what it allowed me to do, she went on those vacations with us. I have a lot of good memories with her now. Um, I've had a lot of good conversations with her that I have that for the rest of my life that I wouldn't have had if I wasn't able to work through my own shit, <laughs> you know? So that's just one example of how my life has improved since dealing with some of these feelings that had me stuck. My quality of life has begun to improve again. I've, I've kind of started getting out there. Some of the social anxiety is gone. I've a, I'm able to get out there and start living again and doing some things. My relationships have improved. My health has improved. For a while, I wasn't living a very healthy lifestyle. I'm 6'2". I think at one point I was up to 240 pounds. It's not good. So I've been able to take control of that again. I started re-engaging in my business, which had pretty much gone down the tubes because I was distracted. I was consumed with other things. I was a kind of a wandering generality. That was the last thing I was focusing on. So my business kind of went to shit. So I was able to re-engage in the business and I'm excited about my business again. And I've completely turned that business around to where now the future looks bright for that company. And you know what, about this time too, uh, my relationship with Lindsay began to improve with my ex, began to improve. Like we started to drop a lot of the anger. It was gone. You know, I was starting to kind of use the same process to work through these feelings with her. And I had thought that I had completely forgiven her. I really did. I mean, the relationship was a little bit better. We were able to at least have good conversation about the kids 
and it didn't end in a screaming match or somebody hanging up on each other. And it was a conversation that I was having one day with one of the guys from Warrior where he pointed out to me, he said, Bob, um, yes, you've made some progress, but just sitting here and listening to you talk about your ex, you're triggered. I can hear it in your voice. You still have some anger there. You still have some bitterness that you need to work through and you need to let that go because it's still got a grasp on you. And I didn't even really realize it. I thought everything was kind of good and I had kind of moved on from it. So once we identified that, I had to continue working to kind of work through those feelings. And what I realized was I still hadn't, once again, I hadn't forgiven myself for the mistakes that I made in that marriage. I hadn't forgiven myself and let myself off the hook because I felt like I had let my kids down. I felt like I had let my ex down. I felt like I'd let my family down. So I still had a lot of shame there that I needed to release and let go. And over time, I started doing the work in this area of my life and I was able to finally forgive myself. And it's crazy. This isn't just talk. Like I felt it. I've told people this, like I felt the weight lift off my shoulders and I knew because I told one of the guys in Warrior, I said, I'm still, it's crazy. Like I know I've gotten rid of it and I feel better. I feel this weight is lifted off my chest, that that heaviness is gone. That's how I know that I've forgiven her and I've forgiven myself. But I was always waiting for it to come back. Like this, this can't be real, but it's crazy. It's gone. It's gone. Like I couldn't find that anger that I had towards her if I tried anymore. And that's true forgiveness. I honestly feel like that's the power of true forgiveness when you know that it's gone. And it started with me letting myself off the hook. I had to ditch the baggage. I had to accept the past. And it's allowed me to become optimistic again about life. It's allowed me to have healthier conversations and have a healthier relationship with their mother. It's allowed me to take the kids out to Hobby Lobby so they can get their mother a wedding gift, something that would have seemed completely foreign to me two years ago. That is the power of forgiveness. And it's like they say in the warrior movement, you know, Garrett says this, he's a leader, not a savior, right? He's a leader, not a savior. He's not going to save me. Like this was all work that I had to do. They showed me the roadmap. They said, you want to improve your relationships. You want to improve your business. You want to take control of your life again. You want to man the fuck up and stop being a nice guy your whole life. This is how you do it. But we aren't going to do it for you. You have to do the work. In Warrior, they have DTFW, do the fucking work. And it's on us to do it. So they'll show us how, but it's on us to do it. And I'm so happy that I did that work. Because it allowed me to show up for my kids the other day, which was a very big deal for them. And it allowed me to show my kids that although their mother and I are not together anymore, I still respect their mother. And it's still important that they see me honor their mother for her big day. True forgiveness has changed my life in a lot of areas. And some of the benefits of it, it allowed me to remove the emotion around certain situations in my life. 
It allowed me to remove the anger and the guilt. And it brought this clarity so I could kind of step back. I could reflect on the situation and extract the lessons because we're all going to fail. We're all going to mess up. But it's how we deal with that failure, right? So if we're just continuing to fail, but we aren't extracting a lesson out of that failure and applying that to our life to move on, then we're missing the gift in that failure because that's what it is. It's a gift. It's an opportunity for us to grow. So a couple huge situations in my life, I was able to step back, remove the emotion, attain that clarity that I needed to be able to look at that situation with a level head and extract the lessons, apply them to my life, and make sure that I don't carry this baggage into my next relationship or my next business opportunity. So we need to learn from our mistakes or else we're just doomed to repeat them. And with that clarity, the next thing that I realized that I needed to do was I needed to establish boundaries going forward. What am I willing to accept and what am I not willing to accept in my relationships, inside of my business, with my clients? You don't want to pay me? Okay, you're cut off. You want priority service every time you call, but you take two months to pay your statements. Until you pay up, you're cut off. Or at the very least, you're not getting the priority service. I'll get to you when I get to you. But if you're not going to show me the respect that you expect from me, then this is not a good relationship for me. Same with my employees. If you want to bust my balls every time I call you with a service call, if you want to not communicate, if you want to just do your own thing, that's okay. But I'm going to stop using you because you're not going to dictate my business to me. I have plenty of other guys that want to be good team members and want to help this business grow. I don't need you. (laughs) It's that simple. So it's allowed me to to establish boundaries and expectations with the people that work inside of my business. Same with my relationships. All right. I know what I want in a relationship more now than I think I ever did in my life. So it's very simple. I have expectations. It's okay to have expectations as the man in the relationship, right? So you want to have a, quote, committed relationship, but you still want to let 10 other dudes slide into your DMs? That's okay. That's fine. But it's not going to work for me, <laughs> right? So you, you can set these boundaries. You can set these expectations in every area of your life. So you can take control of it. And that's what the forgiveness has allowed me to do. I have more clarity at 43 with what I want in my life and where I want to go in my life than I ever have. And it all started with dropping the baggage, the shit that has built up for years and years and years that I didn't even see. And letting myself off the hook. I'm human going to make mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. That's not going to define us though. So in preparation for this episode, I was scrolling through Instagram and I found some quotes that kind of resonated with me. I thought they pertained to this topic. One quote was this, 
Holding a grudge doesn't make you strong. It makes you bitter. Forgiving doesn't make you weak. It sets you free. Pretty powerful. As long as we're holding on to these grudges in life, we're trapped. We're stuck. You can be angry at other people that you feel have done you wrong in your life. But the truth is, more times than not, they've probably moved on. (laughs) They probably aren't giving you a second thought. So why hold on to it? Why hold on to the grudge? Forgive them and move on. Free. True forgiveness of self first and others second can be such a gift. And until we deal with these issues and forgive ourselves, I don't know, I'd argue that you're never going to be able to forgive anybody else. Right? Starts with us. Starts with letting ourselves off the hook. The next quote was, holding a grudge is like letting someone live rent-free in your head. (laughs) That's where I was for a long time. I think I let my ex and her fiance live right smack dab in the middle of my head for the better part of a year or two, you know, and it didn't, didn't bother them. You know, the only one that hurt was me really. So I'm going to leave it at that this week. And my challenge to you, to my listeners is to take a moment and think about that. Who are you letting live rent free in your head right now? And why, why are you doing it? Was there a situation that led to the demise of that relationship that maybe you feel guilty for? Maybe you need to revisit that. Maybe you'll find that you played a bigger role in that situation than you think. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. So in turn, you can turn around and reach out to that person and have a restorative conversation with them And forgive them. And move on. Life is too short, man. (laughs) Life is too short to hold on to these grudges. So I'd ask you to just consider that. And figure out how you can take action. Where in your world are you still not forgiving yourself? Where in your world do you need to let yourself off the hook? Why are you even holding the grudge? And after you have that clarity, I think you'll find that great things can happen starting with a simple conversation. You might surprise yourself. So that's it for this week. I appreciate you listening as always. I'm going to go down and I'm going to watch a football game today. I got Bubba texting me right now. So um, big weekend for my kids. So if you're the praying type, Maybe say a little prayer for them. So in closing, as usual, if you know somebody else that might connect with this message, I'd ask that you just simply share it up. If you're on Instagram, if you could find me at the Robert Argyle, I'd appreciate it. If you're on Facebook, find me at Robert E. Argyle. That's my dense, smart Facebook 
business page. If you're a body shop owner or manager or an insurance professional or a PDR professional looking for more information on PDR in general and proper storm management, I'd ask you to check me out at robertargyle.com. That's my blog site. And lastly, if you get something out of this, I don't charge for these podcasts, um, but you know what? I do put some effort into them. So if you get something out of this, if you could go to the podcast site on iTunes and leave me a review, I'd greatly appreciate that. And in closing, if you are a man that's struggling in life, I'd ask you to just look up Wake Up Warrior. It's life-changing. Like I said, nobody's going to save you. You're going to have to do the work. But for a man who's struggling in life, they are going to provide the roadmap for you to follow. And it's changed my life, and I know it'll change your life too. So wakeupwarrior.com. Garrett White is the real freaking deal. That's it for this week. Thank you for joining us. Until next time. Peace.